Hey guys, welcome to the Fahim Mujahid podcast. I'm your host, Fahim Mujahid. I'm a mental conditioning and human performance coach, but more than that, I'm a father, husband, family member, and friend who draws a lot of inspiration and passion from pouring into other people. Listen, I've been on this journey of self-evolution myself, and I find that with each opportunity, if one's passionate enough, you can find ways to not only enrich the lives of others, but find your way to your true north. I find so much inspiration from growing and learning and doing whatever I can to expose my own wounds so that we can collectively heal together. What I want for this podcast is an opportunity for me to use it as my offering to shifting the energy, the focus, the consciousness of the world that we're all experiencing, the world that we're all living in. It's a place that I want to grow with you so that we can all grow and become the best versions of ourselves. Welcome home. So I remember a moment that seems kind of like a few lifetimes ago when I had gone out to Northern California for the first time. I had gone there to follow my um, pursuit with playing sports, playing football. And, you know, from the very beginning, I really had really taken a, a powerful liking to the city. I had lived in Oakland and where I was playing um, was across the water in San Francisco. And one of the things that I really, really loved about the entire experience, you know, other than the people and the energy was I was excited for what I had heard about their transit system, the BART, so Bay Area transit system. Um, so I was excited to just kind of hop up there and experience it. Now, being someone who's been in and out of just different cities and states, you know, I just had uh, a buddy of mine who had lived out um, in Northern California a couple years prior to that, and he had mentioned how cool it was. And one of the things that I remember, one of my first memories, um, was getting on this, getting on the BART, the Bay Area Transit, um, and it was freezing in Oakland at the time. And I had um, multi layers. I had a hoodie on. I had a jacket on. I had a beanie on. I mean, I was, I was decked out. And I remember because we had a long practice the day before, um, without me necessarily intending to, I had fell asleep. And when I had fell asleep, you know, I had woke, I had awakened. I'm not sure. I probably was knocked out for about 45 minutes or so. Um, and if anyone has, ha, has ever been on like a uh, transit or inner city commute, whether you're from New York City, San Francisco, any big city, Chicago, um, you can probably attest to one of the most comfortable rides you'll ever get if you feel safe enough, obviously, is leaning your head against a window on a, on a commuter and just zoning out. So I was able to zone out. So I knock out and I wake up and when I wake up, I'm somewhere near Sacramento. And it's in the middle of the afternoon. I didn't really have much to do. I, I, I hopped on a bark for the for the experience. I wanted to see, you know, kind of like where I would be inspired to get off. And I remember when I had um, awakened, I said, all right, well, the next stop, I'm just going to get off wherever that is. That's just where I'll be. Obviously, I can just at any point hop on a bark and come back. And when I, when I got off the train, I remember pulling, um, coming out of the station, and it was... I mean, it was burning up hot, burning up hot. Obviously, you know, one thing about the Pacific Northwest or the West Coast even is that the weather can change in an instant. And I remember having to have this entire experience being in this new part of the Bay Area, but having to chug along my my hoodie and my jacket and how uncomfortable it was. I had to take it into every store. I had to take it into, you know, I remember having, you know, grabbing a bite to eat, you know, walking the trail a little bit. 
And I remember at some point along the experience, I said, man, if I could just find a place to just leave this somewhere. And it was a pretty, I mean, it was a, it was a nice hoodie and a nice jacket. So, you know, I was worried about just leaving it anywhere because I knew someone would pick it up. Chances are they would pick it up and take it. And I'm, I'm not saying that it's like that amazing of a hoodie or a jacket, but I just knew it would probably wouldn't hang around. So after like surveying the area, um, I just, I kind of, I, I gave up on it. I said, all right, well, Fahim, you're just going to be uncomfortable and you're going to have to just chug it around. And whenever you get tired of doing that, just get back on a BART and go home. And the reason why I was thinking about this story, and I know you may be thinking like, Fah, what, what the hell does this have to do with what we're talking about today? It's because I hear a lot of people talk about the idea of being intentional about stepping into to new year, right? We all get excited about it. We see all the infomercials about what you're going to put off to the start of the new year. You look back and you reflect on all the things from the previous years. And they're just kind of, again, you're rolling off of, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas. So it's just, it's just a cocktail of different emotions. And whenever you look out and maybe it, it may just be my experience, you know, having spent so much time, 16, 17 years in the fitness movement space, you hear a lot of people putting off their life until the year starts, right? So you set off all these intentions and we can talk about how ultimately that leads into the ultimate form of sabotage, right? You sit here and put off what you perceive or what you think is important or a goal that you want to set for yourself, not taking into full consideration how the habits and the actions that you're doing today, how they could prevent you from even that which you're trying to create into the future. So you constantly live into this, when this happens, I'll be, as opposed to arriving at presence and finding fulfillment and success and habits that can lead to the life that you want. But that's a conversation for another day. But the purpose of me bringing this up and how it connects to that, my commute um, from Oakland to outside of San Francisco is that I think a lot of times so much focus is often placed on the restart. And I think a more powerful place to start for me, I believe, is a reset. Because I think a lot of times, no matter where it is that you want to go, no matter what vision you have for this new year or for your life, is that like the jacket and a hoodie, if you don't find a space to either learn from what you're carrying and leave it in this previous season so that you can take the experiences, but you're not taking the trauma, you're not taking the baggage, and you're not, you're not putting yourself metaphor, metaphorically in a space where you have to then carry around your hoodie and your hat of trauma, your hoodie and your hat of those, um, those belief systems and those patterns and those habits, but you can actually be in this new year and experience it fully. And I, I just think about how uncomfortable that was for me and how that I see so many people that I coach, so many people just within my community. Yeah, you sit here and you fixate in all the things that you want to create and all the things that you want to manifest into this new year. But never once are you taking into consideration how to effectively go about that powerful reset so that you're creating the intention that's going to help manifest and create that which you want to create. You know, I think about the conversations and the meetings that I would have with a lot of the players on the professional soccer team here in Miami and how, you know, 
a lot of people would see the season that they, you know, the inaugural season being a success. More people would see it as not being a success. Only winning seven games. I think I think lost majority of the games. Got you know had one game getting ready to get into playoff contention and lost that one. So, you know, I see it in a lot of ways because I see the growth. Right when I came in to start working with the team, they had already I think lost six in a row. I believe. And what I started realizing is that even with the players, that as the season progressed, they were still carrying on a lot of that baggage and a lot of that, the, the way in which they are had already set in stone how they identified themselves. So as we got later in the season, it wasn't just the work of helping them develop the mindset to go into and, and, and come up with uh, an effective approach to each game. It was helping them go back and relive a lot of those attachments that they had with the season earlier so that they didn't constantly create and recreate that experience. And I talk about it to them now, like when we go into this next season, um, hope, you know, to be blessed with the opportunity to work with the team again next year, we have to make sure that we're resetting and we're not carrying over those same belief, have those same beliefs, those same form or ways in which we identify ourselves and our talent and our ability into the new season. So what I want to do today is I want to spend a little bit of time talking about what I what I term the fundamentals of an effective reset. So if you're like me, um, I I already foresee at least for me this year is going to be uh, this this year is going to be epic for me. 2021, look out! And I'm not saying that because I'm tooting my own horn. I'm saying it because a lot of those limited beliefs and those barriers and those limitations that I placed on myself, you know, after losing my sister Zakia, losing my sister Leah, you know, I started waking, I started wakening up or connecting to my purpose, but going through all this stuff and what I've experienced in this last year was kind of like that last straw that was like, you know what, fuck it, file. Like if you're not going to shoot for the stars, if you're going to constantly underplay what you feel like your purpose is that God has put you here to do, then what are you here for? What are you in the game for? So for me, this year is going to be unapologetically powerful. So I, I already set that intention. And one of the things and one of the ways in which I'm going to use my voice and my platform to be able to make it powerful is by something that I recently announced. And I want to share with you guys now for, for those of you who don't know, um, I recently released a completely revamped website that I'm stoked about. Now, so much time and energy and effort went into it. And if you know me, I'm a, I'm, I'm a creative at heart. So layouts, photos, lightings, colors, all that stuff matters to me. And being able to go on this journey with the design team and giving that back and forth, one of the things I was the most impassioned about coming from this new website experience was the membership portal. You don't know how many times, I can't tell you how many times I go and I speak somewhere or I connect with an individual somewhere. And, and, and unless I have availability to take on a new coach and they have the availability and the finances and everything works itself out, chances are I'm leaving them with either a book list or a download this meditation. But there's there's little there's little else that up until now I've been able to offer, but up until now. So this year, this week, I'm actually unrolling my very first online Fahim Mujahid um, mindset membership, and I'm super excited about it. And what I'm going to start doing is sharing some of the content that I'm going to be exploring with the members on the page. 
So the subject that we're on unloading this month is to, re to reset to restart. So we're exploring a little bit of that today and you'll start getting the hang of um, me coming up here and again, just trying to add more value here so that you guys are also doing the work at home for those of you who, who um, are within reach of my voice. So getting back to the foundations of an effective restart. So I, I place them in order, but you can place them in however order you want. They're not in order of importance. They're just as they came into my, um, as they came into my consciousness. So the first thing you want to do in order to have an effective reset, the first thing you want to do is value everything that you're experiencing. Value every single thing that you're experiencing. I think a lot of times what gets in the way of our healing or our growth is that we value, we have the tendency of valuing certain emotions over, over others, right? We do whatever we can to avoid anger and fear and anxiety without understanding that they too serve a purpose. They too, if given the opportunity, can also lead to wisdom and enlightenment and growth and purpose. So the first thing you want to do is you want to make sure that you're valuing every single emotion that you're feeling. Make, make space for what you're experiencing. Don't be so quick to, don't be so quick to rush through it. You know, I remember that was a story that I used to, I mean, that was a big story for me, rushing through things. You know, being the only boy in the house, mom, six sisters, grandmother, you know, I felt as if I, I wasn't allowed to feel things. I wasn't allowed to feel sad or be worried or be afraid. I had to always be strong and powerful and confident. So whenever those moments arise in my life, I always felt like I had to rush through it. I wasn't allowed to connect or experience it. And unless you fully experience it, you can't surrender it. So it's important to make sure that you're allowing yourself an opportunity to fully experience everything that's showing up for you. The second thing that you wanna do is avoid the ego's way of suffering in silence. You don't know how many times a, a huge part of the issue or the challenge that I have when I'm working with someone um, from on the certain aspects of their um, their mindset to be able to get them to not only relive some of those sore spots and sore moments. Um, so that they can take and derive the meaning from it to help them become better performers, better athletes, better people. That a lot of times, no matter where you are, no matter where they are in their journey, there's almost an ego's equivalent of gold that comes from this idea of I need to suffer in silence. And, I, and I, what I find more times than not is that if you open within a space that feels safe and loving and supportive, a space from which you feel valued, you value the opinions of the people that are in this said space, then that space in and of itself can create an opportunity for an amazing amount of growth. So the task that I want you to explore is that if you were to come to terms with the idea of being able to, instead of Fahim feeling as if the suffering and the pain that I'm experiencing, I can't share it, what would it look like if I started to share it? What would I say? But more importantly, a better question is who would be on your A team? Who would be your starting five? I say starting five, but you can do 10, 15. Who would be within your community of people that you feel 
what value, love, support, what it is that you have to share and how and in, in, in the ways in which you want to pour into what you're experiencing, what hardship you're experiencing. But to do it from a place that's unbiased and aren't quick to find value in judging you, but instead hold and, and, and take pride in holding space for you. Who would be in your starting five? You know, a lot of times when we're going through things, we have the tendency to want to share it to anyone that will hold space and allow us to vent or to or to share. But it's important to make sure that you're taking a lot of intention. You're placing a lot of intention into who 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 you would select to be a part of your a part of your group, part of your starting five. So come up with that list if you haven't already. Who would be in your starting five? Number three, identify the areas of the struggle that you're going through. So this last season, identify if you're if you're if you're a player and you're looking back at the season, you're looking at some of the challenges you had as a team, some of the challenges you had individually. If you're like me and you're looking back on this previous year and you're looking at some of the challenges that this season brought. You know, what we tend to do with suffering or whenever we're experiencing something that's uncomfortable, we tend to paint this huge brush over the entire experience. And we just say that this entire experience is uncomfortable. This entire experience is painful, which is understandable. But you find that there's so much value and substance if you can get to the root if you can get to the root of what you're experiencing, identify your key areas of struggle. Like I, I remember for me, the biggest transition with this entire year wasn't, you know, wasn't the mass, wasn't even um, changing um, how I was going about my, my, my work and my relationships with others. It was the fact that I realized that I like to be in control of my day and of my life. And I felt like this entire year, and it, and it was heightened at certain points, but I had to surrender um, that need to need to feel as if I was in control all the time. I had to surrender. But the way that I did that was to trace that discomfort all the way down to its origins and figure out, OK, so where does that need to prioritize needing to know where does that come from? And I realized that there was a lot of fear in there. There was a lot of little, you know, little boy Fahim who threw out certain points in his life when he didn't feel safe, when he didn't feel secure, needed to always forecast ahead and do whatever I could to put myself in the best environment, best situation, which is, you know, on one end is smart, it's admirable, but on the other end, you know, it really leads itself into being very rigid and growing. So what I had to trace down to his roots is that once I identified that a tremendous amount of my key, the key area of my struggle was being able to surrender that needing to know. Surrendering that needing everything to be a certain way, to forecast a certain way. Once I was able to surrender that, I was able to free myself from it. So the next thing you want to do is look at the perspective that you have. 
the perspective that you currently have from whatever vantage point that you have. If you're, again, if you're a player and you're looking back at a losing season or a season where you didn't necessarily feel as if you lived up to what your goals were for that season, you, you, you obviously you're aware of that perspective, right? That's a place of um, a point of view that you've had. And that's a, a connection to that suffering or discomfort that you're already familiar with. But try to see if you could look through the lens or through the vantage point of someone else, maybe someone close to you that or maybe another teammate of yours that had also go, gone through that experience or through that season, see what shows up for them, compare and contrast, right? Because a lot of times, if we can find ways for us to expand our perspective, shift our perspective, we create more opportunities for the last and final point of the fundamentals of an effective reset, and that is highlighting coachable moments. Highlighting the coachables, whether it's a coachable moment, coachable experiences, the reality is, is that no matter what happens to us, no matter what discomfort or hardship that we see ourselves experiencing or, or, or going through, there's always an opportunity for us to be able to find coachable moments. I'm a strong believer that every season, no matter how, no matter how challenging or in what ways it forces you to grow or to expand your comfort zone, all exhibit an opportunity or embodies an opportunity to find coachable moments. So where do you, where do you find those coachable moments? It's up to you to seek them out. And then once you find those coachable moments, so again, using the analogy of a player looking over the season, once you find those areas where you can improve, where you can do better, you know, create a list, write those down, connect to that list of coachable moments. And if you're a person who finds it hard to detach from the victim mindset and finds it harder to connect to the victor mindset, then what you're going to find is that a lot of these opportunities that lend themselves as coachable moments may be harder for you to grasp because you're so connected to that of being the victim. So the first thing you have to do is see how you see yourself in this space. How do you see yourself in that experience? And when you're ready to do the work, when you're ready, when you're ready to surrender all titles or identities or beliefs about yourself that are no longer serving you, then create an opportunity for you to shift or somewhat remove or detach yourself as bestly as you can from the suffering and the unease or the discomfort that you're experiencing so that you can seek out those coachable moments. And once you identify those coachable moments, do yourself a favor and write them down. Write them all down. If you have to, rewrite them. Where do you think those experiences are? How did you come across that conclusion? Did you conclude others? Did you incorporate others in the conversation of coming up with those coachables? Or was it something that was apparent and clear? Perhaps when you've put together your coachable moments, is there room for other coachable moments to also be included in that? Is there other opportunities for growth that maybe you might not have considered? That perhaps having a conversation with a special teams coach or a coach in your position or a loved one or someone that's seen you play or seen this past the previous season may be able to shed a little bit of insight from their vantage point, from their point of view, from their perspective. So again, what I what I want to do here on our journey is to be able to utilize opportunities for 
the player, the performer, and the person that just wants to get better at their lives. And I think that regardless of whether or not you're preparing for a season or you're preparing for the new year or you're preparing for life in general, being able to connect to these elements of an effective restart is something that could be of value.